Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me Yegor Sack. He's the co-founder of Windscribe. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. And today we're covering how to crush your competition in technology with a small team. I like this because I'm currently in a small team with my startup and I want to know how to do that. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit first about uh, your VPN service, uh, Windscribe. I use uh, VPNs. A lot of people in my industry use VPNs. Just tell the people that are listening or watching why they should use a VPN in the first place. Right. Well, we actually consider ourselves more of a privacy service because, you know, uh, contrary to the popular messaging that you might have seen on every single YouTube channel and all the ads uh, that you will see if you happen to Google for the search term VPN, uh, a VPN alone will not really do much for for your privacy. Uh, All it does is, you know, changes your IP address. That alone almost does nothing. Right. That's why, like, Winscribe is uh, is a VPN service, but there's bells and whistles. Uh, like, uh, there's multiple components to it that work together to actually improve the level of privacy. Right? Because changing IP, okay, cool, you're in a different place, but you know, if, as you browse around, uh, you know, your the browsers will set cookies, which will persist regardless of you using a VPN or not. So you can be easily identified and tracked regardless of you using the VPN. It almost makes no difference. Uh, Does that the, uh... like, does that work if you're using, like, say, the Brave browser where it automatically starts blocking all that stuff? Yeah, so that there's privacy-oriented browsers like Brave, and there, there's a couple of other ones that actually do the tracker blocking directly in the browser. But, I mean, their aim is to be kind of, like, as transparent as possible. So they, so they do kind of, like, the bare minimum, right, not to interfere with your browsing experience. But you have to be a bit more aggressive uh, in order to be... A li- even the slightest bit more more private in terms of your internet activities. Now, why should people care about blocking and protecting your privacy when they're on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Google and they're just putting their stuff out there for decades now? We've seen the downfall of society because of that. Pe- do people care and why should they care? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. If you're if you're going to be using Facebook and the likes of it, uh, you know, again, using a VPN is almost entirely pointless. Uh, to be uh, to improve your level of privacy, you, you have to change your usage patterns of how you interact with Internet services. You know, how do you do it, that? What, 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 are you, what are these usage yeah. changes? Uh, well, first step is to stop using Facebook. Like, honestly, <laughs> it, it provides no value whatsoever anymore. Right. <laughs> tell me, so, tell me how you really feel about it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, honestly, just like stop, stop, stop using it. Like it provides absolutely no value for you. You know, and <laughs> if you want to talk to people, there's uh, better communication channels that you can talk to. Even honestly, like, even WhatsApp, which is Facebook owned, sure. it, just keeping that and only that is still better than using Facebook. Telegram, just, Telegram and Signal. It, and, yeah, no, if, if you, you, if you, you want to be truly private, yeah, yeah, Signal is the best option because that's actually open, it's an open source open software. Source, it's been yeah. audited, uh, you know, it's end-to-end encrypted. Telegram is not end-to-end encrypted uh, in many cases and it is not open source either. So, so and yeah. you And you came to Canada from Belarus because you wanted to try something new. I guess you, you, you developed a passion for programming, creating websites, and you were making money smashing consoles and iPods and things like that, which is kind of funny to me. I like that. Um, what got you shifted into a different kind of trajectory of 
privacy protection, VPNs, and customizable DNS services. Like, what got you into all of this? Right. Well, I came to uh, to Canada when I was 11, so it wasn't really my choice. My parents decided, hey, we should leave this hellhole and come to Canada. And it was a really good move, honestly. Uh, I don't know what I would be doing if I was in Belarus, probably serving in the army or, or be in jail or something like that. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, Windscribe is not my first rodeo, uh, right? I've been doing online stuff, quote unquote, uh, uh, since I was probably 14. The Smashing Project uh, is one of those things. It was not meant to be a thing that generates rep, uh, money. It, it just happened to make me sell a little bit of cash when I was 16 or 17. But that wasn't the objective. The objective was, was just to stir some shit up. And right. it worked, uh, right? It got quite a bit of media attention because it was kind of, you know, before YouTube, before, you know, stunts and all this kind of stuff. It was, it was fairly novel for the time. Yeah, and any teenager back then, I remember because uh, when I was growing up in that era, um, and this was way before 2016, I'm talking when the million dollar homepage came out. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, I totally so do. Yeah. Te te teenager was selling pixels. So you were like the teenager that was doing this new thing before YouTube. And that kind of is why the media caught on. So you were, it sounds like you were always ahead of your time. You were young. People liked those stories. So how did that transfer into the next phase of your development career? Right. So, I mean, obviously that, that project uh, served its purpose, you know, it died down. I, I've learned a lot of skills, you know, building websites, uh, you know, talking to people, promoting uh, the stuff that, that I was doing with my friends. So, you know, the next logical step is, hey, go, go try to do something else. So I, I've done, I mean, pro probably since then and until now, probably at least 50 other uh, online projects. Uh, obviously, 90%, 95% of them were massive failures and didn't really go anywhere. That's right. the way it my, is. My, that's the way it is. Yeah, that, that's the way it is. I mean, the, the and, main and, thing. And you know what? People should know this. You should. You should. Yeah. I want you to continue on this. Why? Why were so many failures? Because uh, I mean, you come with an idea. It sounds. It sounds great. You're like, okay, cool. Let, let's let's do this, right? Uh, you build it. You know, you learn something, new things along the way. But you know, uh, most ideas will be a waste of time, right? The trick is not to give up, right? Uh, you, you can fail ten times in a row, uh, but the eleventh time uh, could be a wide success. Could be a marginal success. It might not be a success at all. Maybe you'll fail 40 times in a row, but, uh, Thomas you know, Edison, 10,000 times until he got the light bulb, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it really is like that. Some people do get lucky and their first, uh, startup, uh, you know, becomes a billion dollar company that also happens, but that is extremely, extremely rare. Extremely. That cannot be, yeah, you can't just expect it. It's probably like 0.0001% of the time. <laughs> yeah, no, like the chances are not great uh, of you becoming a billion dollar company. Yeah. So how do you get through the noise and saturation and, you know, with a scrappy startup team succeed and get, in your case, 43 million users? Right. I mean, the, the trick is uh, do as much of this stuff as you can yourself. Like I come from a you know very technical background. So, you know, I, I still write code every once in a while, even now, six years later, because hey, I, I enjoy it. Uh, is it the best use of my time in, in some cases? Uh, it probably isn't because I should I should be concentrating a bit more higher level picture and that is my entire objective for this year is to eliminate myself as a you know single point of failure and and all the many projects that I still participate in right as we scale out the team so we're about forty four people at this point uh, we've I think we've doubled our team in, uh, since COVID started effectively wow and, and we're we're still hiring. 
Did you see uh, co- did you see COVID kind of fueling your business and people wanting your services more? Uh, yeah, in, initially, yeah, we, we obviously saw uh, a, a spike in usage because, you know, everyone's at home, you know, people use VPNs for different reasons. Privacy is not the only reason why people use VPNs. Some people just want to watch, you know, Japanese Netflix or something like that. Uh, so that that is a use case. And hey, when you're locked in at home, uh, you, you probably want to check out Japanese Netflix. There's a lot of weird <laughs> stuff there. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> That's cool. So, so yeah. like... So you, you got your, your team up to 40, you doubled your team, which means that also meant sales probably went through the roof as well during COVID, but you still, it's still a pretty small team compared to the use, the user base that you had 43 million. It's like a million users per team member. Yeah, I know our ratio is, is quite high. And, uh, in terms of why that is the case, I mean, we, we mostly concentrate on the product. We, we almost, I almost never look at the financials. Uh, you know, we're mostly concentrating, hey, how can we make this thing the best damn thing? And the only way to do that is to talk to people that actually use the service. Like in the first year of the company's existence, I probably did 80% of all support tickets that were coming wow. in uh, just, just by myself on top of all my other responsibilities. Uh, but that was crucial because you talk to actual end users, they tell you what sucks about your product, what they like about your product, and then you can rapidly iterate with that information. No wonder you drink so much coffee. So um, it, it's so it sounds like you were really doing a lot of customer feedback and iteration, which is a lot. Uh, just people listening or watching, most people don't do this. A lot of entrepreneurs they think what they know and what they feel as though is best is what they should be doing. When you should be listening to your market and then iterating quickly based on that feedback. How did that work out for you? What what, what kinds of stuff did the, your customers tell you? Right. Yeah. I, I cannot tell you how many times uh, we, we would be like, oh, hey, here's this feature. Uh, okay. Here's what it's supposed to do. And uh, we cannot even comprehend any other way of using this other than what we originally envisioned. And we were wrong. Oh, so many times you figured, oh, hey, it does this and this, but nobody will possibly want the other thing. And, you know, people do. <laughs> and yeah. And the only and, way and, to know and, is, and, is and, to talk to them. And you have to listen to them, right? I mean, you have yeah. to. I mean, if you don't, you're going to die. So did you do any surveys or was it mostly just support tickets? Uh, no, it, it's across the board. Support tickets is not the only thing. You know, I'm very active on, on – we have a subreddit. We have a Discord server where thousands of people just hang out. That is a, a really great place to kind of uh, iterate on your product because, A, you have a lot of uh, very loyal fans hanging out there like all the time. You, you can speak to them in real time. It's a community. Uh, you you, yeah, you, form, it, it, you form the community. Yeah, yeah, it's a community, and we actively hire out of our Discord. We actually, you know, we, nice. in the last year, we hired you know two people out of our Discord who were just there helping people out, you know, solving problems, doing free QA for us. And we're like, oh hey, you're already you're basically you're already, already doing trade. <laughs> you're already doing it. Hey, you want some money and then do this full time. I'm and, guessing you uh, can you can even host like bug bounties and like things like that, right? Uh, yeah, no, we, we have a, we have a program, if you report bugs to us, uh, and you know, they're confirmed, we'll, we'll pay you money for it, obviously. Um, and we're open sourcing pretty much all our software right now. So, uh, wow. more more than half of our things are already open sourced, uh, and the mobile applications will be open sourced. And what's the, what's the benefit for that? I mean, it's, uh, we aim to operate the company in a very transparent, transparent manner, right? In terms of how we operate, what the policies are, how many, like, you know, whenever we receive data retention, sorry, not data retention, like data requests from various law enforcement agencies, because, you know, people do commit crimes with VPNs. Very few people do, but they, they still do it, they right? Do. And, and as we're no logging VPN, you know, we don't, 
we don't collect any kind of useful information for us to actually identify individual abusers, right? So uh, whenever we do receive these requests, we obviously cannot act upon them, but we do publish the fact that we do receive these types of requests and that's actually available on our website. It's a real-time graph of wow. data requests that we receive as opposed to kind of like end of the year summary as a PDF for marketing purposes that some companies do. Nice. I like that. And, you know, I got to ask because obviously I'm in the tech world and I've used a ton of VPNs and there's so many of them, right? There's just so many of them. And everyone's always saying, well, which one should I use? How did you navigate through all of them to do as well as you did in such a short amount of time with zero capital? I, I just, my mind, my mind is blown. I got to yeah. hear this. Yeah. And also uh, zero marketing spend. Uh, how, did you, how, like, did you, how did you do that? I mean, it all pretty much it's relates magic. to, it's not really magic. It's, it's literally the, the, the stuff we already dis discussed, build yeah. a good product that you actually use yourself all the time. You know, some people kind of like think uh, that's what the customer wants, but they don't actively use their own product. But were right? you giving they, it away for free to people to test out and get feedback and then they yeah. were telling their friends and then you started charging for it eventually? Or yeah, Well, we operate on a freemium model, right? Uh, so you can use uh, it for free even right now with some limitations, obviously, right? And if you are happy with what you see, uh, then you can pay. That significantly it. it makes it easier for a per it's easier to convince a person to try something for it's, free. It's than, a good onboarding. Yeah. It's a good onboarding tactic for sure. Yeah. That's great. So what, what are your plans for the future? Like now that you're growing and you're doing well, what are your, what's your trajectory look like? All right. Well, we're going to continue scaling Winscribe. Uh, but about two years ago, we started working on a kind of like a parallel entity called Control D, uh, which offers uh, in some ways similar services to Winscribe. In other ways, uh, it goes uh, beyond the capabilities of what Winscribe can do for certain use cases. And uh, the, the magic sauce there is it doesn't require any applications. So you don't have to install anything on it's, your it's computer. Web, it's web-based or like uh, a, it, a web it browser? Works, it, it works through DNS, right? Mm -hmm. DNS is the system that, you know, when you when you ask, hey, google.com, uh, right. you know, google.com is an IP address. So it asks a DNS server, where is google.com? And we give you the answer. But if we're in a position to give you the, the true answer, we can also give you any kind of answer. Uh, so, so are you going? Answer, are you going yeah. through like a website IP address, or you're routing through your router, or like how? Because like DNS isn't that work it, through your router? Yeah, no, exactly. No, you basically update the DNS servers on your router, and okay. then you and then you control your browsing experience through like a web panel without any, without so, okay, any applications. So, okay, so that's how you do it. Okay, the web panel. That's, that's what right. I was trying to figure out. That's interesting. So that's a separate service that you all, is that freemium as well, open source, or are you selling that? This uh, No, so that, that's currently out as a beta for power users. Uh, we're, uh, we're kind of building out all the business features right now because we envision it as a, as, as a business level service, okay. even though it's, it's totally usable by power users right now. Right. And that, that is a paid only service uh, okay. where we're not doing a, a, a free plan. However, you know, if you don't need uh, you know, granular control. Uh, there are free servers available. Uh, they don't have all the fancy features that the pay plans obviously has. But if you just want to resolve domains and like block ads, for example, you can totally just set it up on your on your router, and then your entire network doesn't have any ads or tracking domains will not resolve. Or you want to block stuff like porn, you can also do it if you have like kids on your network. So those ba basic features are are available without any accounts. But if you want fancy stuff, you got that sounds a lot better than what I did a couple of years ago. I I built a Raspberry Pi uh, DNS blocking. Server. Oh, okay. No, you're familiar with Raspberry Pi. Yeah, so this is kind of like a worked, Raspberry Pi yeah. in the sky. 
Yeah, I like yours yeah. better. I think because I turned mine off, it didn't really work yeah. great. It doesn't work on mobile devices, only yeah. um, hardwired yeah. computers. Does yeah. yours work uh, on all network? Yeah, I'm actually you ran Pi Hole on it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So this works on any device. You can put it on your phone, and it will do the same thing. Like nice. honestly, I've, I've been running, I've been rocking it on my phone for the last year. Uh, in some ways, it made Windscribe obsolete uh, for me <laughs> for for a lot of use cases, especially <laughs> on mobile devices. But don't uh, don't let anybody use it. <laughs> don't put yourself out of business. No, it's but it does have limitations. Right, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in Russia or Iran or something like that, where where internet is being censored, you right. have no choice but to use a VPN. Like this will not work. Well, this is fantastic, man. You uh, you have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, congrats on your success. Where can people find out more about what you do, where they can get the service or join your Discord or any anything you want to tell the audience? I mean, yeah, everything is on our website, windscribe.com. We maintain a very uh, active and somewhat hilarious Twitter account, uh, which you can also find in the footer of the website. It's unlike most other VPN company Twitter accounts. Uh, we make crass jokes and memes and all, that kinds of, all kinds of other stuff which a lot of people seem to dig because it's kind of like a very easygoing approach as opposed to drawing boring corporation that just wants your money. I like it. Memes are always the best way to go. Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming. This was really awesome. And check out winscribe.com, anyone who's interested in VPN or any of his services. And as always, see you in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.